Welcome back to Movies to be Murdered by, and you're with me, Jesse Drew, and we are also with Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how are you this evening? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to uh, to break down this movie that we watched this week. Yeah, me too. So uh, for all of you guys listening, um, Jeff got to do our weekly pick. So we are talking about Green Room, um, the movie released in April of 2016 and directed by Jeremy Solnier. I think that's how you pronounce the name. Do you know? I think Jeff? so. I think so. I think that's Jeremy it. Solnier. And um, it's starring um, the deceased and very much lovable, very much lovable Anton Yelkin. Yel- Yelchin or Yelkin? I, I never know. I'm so bad with names. So forgive that's me. That's okay. Um, Aaliyah Shawkat, Imogene Poots, a bunch of people. And, you know, last but of course not least, um, Patrick Stewart <laughs> graces this movie with his, with his presence. Um, yes. And it's all, and it's all the better for it. It was, all right, let, let, I'm going to, I'm going to let you say a little, little bit about it since this was your choice. Now, why did you, um, I know you gave me a few movies to choose from. This was one of yes. the options and this was the one that I picked, but these were all of your choices. Um, so why Green Room? I, so when I first watched Green Room, I, going into it, I really didn't know what to think. I like movies, well, first I like all types of music. So I was interested to see, you know, this punk rock band uh, in this movie and seeing the trailer and, you know, reading the tagline and it says, you know, a punk rock band is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. And for whatever reason, I was like, okay, that's something I really have to check out. I don't know why, but uh, I said, I really got to check it out. And when I did, I was pleasant, pleasantly surprised because you know, I, I thought it was just going to be um, just kind of over-the-top violence with, without much of a story behind it. And once I watched it and got the story and saw all of the character development and, you know, some of the other things in the film, that really, I mean, it, it was just such a great watch for me. And, you know, and when you told me you hadn't watched it, I said, okay, I, I, we I got to throw this one into the mix just to see uh, if you would, you know, if you would pick this one. But yeah, I, I felt like, you know, not only the description of the film, but then I looked at all of the actors that were in the film uh, before watching it. And I said, okay, this, I feel like this is going to be a really, really strong movie and it didn't disappoint. So I, you know, that's, that's why I chose it. I, I really, really enjoyed it and you know upon my first watch i was i was shocked um there is a lot of violence in the movie (laughs) and you know we were talking off air about this but i really feel like the the subject matter and the people in the movie and the fact that you have neo-nazi skinheads and You've got this punk rock band. I kind of felt like the violence in the film fit because, 
you're in this grungy, you know, kind of underground setting throughout the movie. And it just really, it felt real in terms of the violence. And and that's what I really, um, that's what really stood out to me about the movie. So I'm going to flip this question out of the movies that I sent you. Why Green Room? Why did you choose to, to go with this one? Green Room has definitely had my attention since it was released. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea of a punk rock horror movie also, like you had said, that that's something that kind of captured your, you know, your mind. And Patrick Stewart being in it, um, uh, Aaliyah Shawkat being in it, although for some reason I remembered it being Ellen Page the girl from Juno, like, (laughs) Mm. for some reason, I had it in my mind, like, oh, yeah, that's the one that Ellen Page is in, but I I forgot, but anyway, I thought the same thing about uh, that being kind of an interesting cross, you know, of of a punk rock horror movie that seemed legit, Um, so, yeah, so I, I, and I looked, uh, you sent me three, you you gave me three movies to look up, and, Honestly, this one seems like I just would like it. That's just, that was just my gut feeling, especially since I had remembered it since it came out in 2016 and I had never gotten a chance to watch it. I had a, I had a wondered if it was as good as I thought it could be. And I'm glad that it was. You know, it was. It definitely did not. It wasn't. It was not a disappointment. It was. I think it was a good movie. I think that... Um, I noticed it had a high approval rating. I'm going to keep going back to these ratings. <laughs> I keep talking about how they don't matter, but like, but I guess they kind of do matter to me in some weird way. I feel like maybe it's just like a litmus test, like, you know, like, yeah. yay or nay, you know, but uh, I think it, I think it, it, it deserves a high approval rating. I thought it was interesting. I mean, I know that it was released through A24, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know that's not, it's not a, it's not a tiny company, but it's not, you know, uh, a big company either. But um, I was kind of surprised when I was looking it up that uh, it did not make its budget back um, at the box office. Yeah, yeah, I was shocked by that. Me too. I thought it had done a lot better than that. I thought it at least made its money back because I would have just guessed like, oh yeah, sure that movie did pretty well. It was an interesting concept and their movies like are usually sleepy hits but they usually are and i don't know i was just i was just really surprised especially patrick stewart's in it you know love patrick stewart yeah i I was surprised as well that it didn't make it back and you know hopefully maybe it's one of those films that and this is going to sound maybe sound a little strange but there are just some movies out there that don't do well in theaters but once you can get it in your home and watch it and sometimes watch it two or three times. It's like, okay, this is, this is an awesome movie. So I, oh, need to, right. um, so I, I think that might be the case with this one. And I think, I also think the subject matter as well uh, with um, not neo-Nazi skinheads. Uh, I, I think that might've been maybe a deterrent for some people. Uh, because, you know, if you just look at it on its face, you don't really know what it's about. And you're thinking, well, 
you know, are the neo-Nazis going to be the ones killing people? You know, how is this going to play out? Uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I just think that, you know, some movies better, you know, more so than others play better in a theater and some just play better at home. It's not saying that it shouldn't be in a theater because it absolutely should be. But, you know, I just think that some movies just tend to work a little bit better once you can watch them in the comfort of your own home or, you know, with friends, you know, in a, in a more um, intimate setting than being in a movie theater. Yeah, this certainly would be one of those movies. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And you can, and this is definitely, and yeah, I didn't think about that. I just, what had turned me off to the movie upon its release initially was the the level of the level of violence but of this type specific type of violence of like you know you're trapped and you're not you're not going anywhere type of violence and that's that's very that's really terrifying and you're right the fact that the antagonists were like you know neo-nazis probably was maybe could have been a, a turn off to a good amount of people right yeah, so but- do you want to give us a synopsis about Brain Rift? Yes, yes, I will. I won't, um, I won't do a huge synopsis because I, I do, if people haven't watched it, I definitely want people to go watch it. But mm-hmm. essentially, we, we open up the movie with a, a band uh, that, um, and I believe they're called the Ain't Rights. Mm-hmm. Um, they they you see them on the road and you can kind of tell that they are just starting out um they're not a well-known band they're traveling in this old school van and you know you get the sense that they're really good friends and they enjoy their music and they're trying to make a name for themselves so they meet up with this this guy and you know he's doing an interview with them and there's a show that kind of falls through, but he ends up taking them to some restaurant, which was ridiculous. <laughs> um, and, you know, they finish up the gig and they get paid. And I think it was like $6 and some change that each of them got for doing that gig. And they were all kind of ticked off and rightfully so. Um, so then this guy says, Hey, you know, my cousin, um, there's this place and, you know, he, he's there and, you know, I feel like you could do pretty well there. And, you know, so off they go because they're trying to get their name out. And um, this is going to pay a little bit more money than the $6 that they just got. So, uh, so off they go and they get, they get to this. I don't know how to really, how to really describe it other than like a compound basically where all of these, neo-nazi skinheads are there and they're kind of you know in a mosh pit so to speak and you know kind of head banging and there for some music and you know they get up and they play their first song and the crowd is not feeling it at all and then they start into the rest of their set and you automatically see them connect with uh with the audience so you know they they play some good stuff and you know, you, you see some little things in the background going on and, you know, you see this, you know, you see the cousin, I believe his name was Daniel. Um, 
giving some drugs to another girl and Imogene Poots, her character was right there. And, you know, you see them do that and then, you know, off they go. And then they, they finish their set. They go back up to get their stuff and all of us been cleared out at this point. And, uh, you know, when one of the characters says, Hey, I left my phone in the dressing room essentially. And, uh, Anton Yelchin's character, uh, says, okay, well, I'll get it for you. So he goes back in, in the room and we see the girl that got the drugs with a knife in her head laying on the floor. And, you know, it's like, oh crap, what in the world is going on? And you see Imogene Poots, her character standing there, she's shell-shocked. And um, Anton, and I believe his character's name was Pat, uh, he's just like, listen, I'm just, I'm just here to get a phone. You know, I, I don't see anything. I, I didn't see anything. So he's trying to get out of there. And then all of a sudden, um, for lack of a better term, all hell breaks loose. And, you know, at this point, the band is forced back into the room and, um, you know, they, Anton, well, Pat in the movie, he calls 911 and then he hangs up and they call right back. So now you've got all of these neo-Nazi skinheads trying to cover all this up and cover their tracks and figure out what to do. So then they start hatching a plan of what to do and how to divert the police from what they're doing with this band and holding this band at this point essentially hostage. And, you know, the way that the movie plays out from there, it's, you know, these, these bad guys are holding this band and the band is trying to find ways out. Um, there's one of the guys, one of the skinheads is in the, in the room and, I forget which character it was, but he puts them in an arm bar and, you know, just to try to get control of them. And, you know, they try to work everything out and figure out if they can get out of here. And they, they find out really soon that uh, they won't make it out in one piece. And for me, there are a lot of graphic scenes in the movie but for me, one of the most graphic scenes that I've seen probably is when Pat is asked to hand over the gun. Oh, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I really don't want to do it. I'll give you the gun, but we're going to keep the ammunition and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they're, they're trying to do this exchange. And you realize at the last minute that, you know, it's not just Patrick Stewart's character out there. There are, are others out there. And what they do to Pat's hand and arm, if you mm -hmm. haven't seen it, just go, just, just watch it. Um, it's tight. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it was, I'll say this, the, the effects on that were amazing. Excellent. Excellent. Um, because... I mean, I, you know, I, let's just say that his arm and hand got hacked up pretty well. And uh, the way that it was shot and the effect of how it was done was just brilliant. Um, and then you just, you know, I mean, you see what these not, you know, neo-Nazis 
are willing to do to cover this up and make it look like the band was just intruding. And I mean, we see everything from, uh, you know, knives and guns to dogs, very well-trained dogs. Um, and it, you know, it's just like this, this roller coaster of, you know, violence and, you know, the plot starts to really unfold and you, and you get some, some deeper character work and, and those things. So again, I don't, I don't want to spoil it too much because I, I definitely would like people to go watch it if they haven't. Uh, but I, I just really, I really enjoyed the way that it was done. Uh, I like, I really like the ending of it because you know we were like you were talking about before we started recording uh it, it gave off a realistic vibe at the end because you know for the most part there are a couple good people in this movie but there are not a lot of great people in this film no, and, and and you know you you find yourself at parts of the film especially with some of the brutality, you're like, well, you know, that jerk deserved it. So I, you know, I'm not going to turn away from it. They deserve this, you know, violence and maybe even a little bit more. Um, but I, I really thought that the ending of the film was done well. And, you know, I, I can't, I can't say anything bad about it. I, I really thought it was a great film. I felt like uh, once things got going, once they were locked up in the room and you know you see the uh you see the reveal of this dead body on the floor it felt like from that point on the movie just flew by uh once we were in the van and doing some of the things early it was kind of like okay well, you know it's, it's kind of i don't want to say dragging but they were developing this story but once all of that took place i felt like it just you know it was just on a just a, a fast track from there on so that that's my uh that's my synopsis of it so um so jesse give, give me your thoughts upon your first watch of the film and and what you thought well what i liked about the film to start off with is that you do feel like you get right into a story you know there's 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 some setup but it's but it's not terrible and it's not too long you know, right. you, you catch the, you catch the band, um, they're, uh, they have fallen asleep, like going through some cornfield or something. And so the van was left on all night. Then they're trying to like, then they go and siphon two of the members, um, Pat and Sam, which is Anton Yelchin and Aaliyah Shawcat go mm -hmm. on a bicycle to go siphon some gas, like steal gas from random car in, in a parking lot far away. So I like that it gets right into the band story um, and you just, you just kind of pick it, you, you kind of pick up the details as you go along as you're moving. Um, but yeah, then at a certain point, it, it, like you said, it could almost start dragging, but then you launch into this, you know, uh, you know, nightmare that they walk into by heading into this um, kids, cousins, friends, you know, bar where they can play a show. I mean, he kind of warns them and says, you know, the politics of these people is like 
so like so far right that it's like far left almost or something like yeah. that and and yeah. and Aaliyah Shaw cat Sam she says to him she's like they're not like burning crosses right what which is like you can see that their youth is like kind of like you know it's it's their it's it's their Achilles heel because really if someone's telling you that the, the politics of a place or of the people who are going to essentially hire you to play at their club are sketchy at best and horrendous at you know at reality you should probably say no you know right. but they're so desperate to like not have their tour end on this down note that they agreed to go to this place where there's a bunch of skinheads and I mean you know they play it off like oh you know we're not afraid of skins like we've you know we've played we play clubs where there's skins before and I know that the um punk rock scene um in some areas you know there was a crossover between the, the punk rock scene the hardcore scene and the skinhead scene which you know is also involves neo-nazis but I just think that that was a moment it was so fast but that was a moment where they should have said nope not doing it thanks anyway bye you know yeah um but that's not what happens otherwise we would have, we would have no movie and i just remember thinking like okay here it comes like as soon as you see where they're going um it just it looks terrible if you, like i get that i got that listen as a person of color nothing scares me more than um being in some sort of remote rural place with yes. a bunch of angry looking white people it just it scares me especially when it's mostly men you know and yes. that's and that's that scene you know um so they they go to this place and my stomach drops as soon as they you know as soon as they get in there i'm like oh my god i would want to run away i would just want to run away and get in the car and like just step on the gas but but all of them are white so i guess they really didn't really care I don't know if it's like a I also thought maybe it's kind of like a punk rock bravado again because they're young and they think like oh no big like we'll just play and they even play um the first song they decide to play is uh, Nazi punks which is a cover of a dead Kennedy song mm -hmm. and they know that these people are Nazis and they do that to like antagonize them and you know again youthful bravado you know and yeah. um I don't know. I just, uh, so it's kind of like, and I think all of those things for me anyway, it didn't make me like them any, the band any less at all. I just think that like, it was just sort of like, you know, you see them kind of making these choices and you don't feel like they deserve what happens to them at all. At least I didn't, but also it's sort of this all around feeling of like, what did we get ourselves into? Like even among, even among the group of people, the neo-Nazis and their like Patrick Stewart and the other guy, what's his name? Um, I think uh, Gabe. Gabe, Gabe was yeah. like, yeah, the, like, you know, I don't know. He seemed to, I think he's just an employee, but he seemed like he was the manager of the club. Yeah. So, I mean, even to even as Gabe um, and some and a bunch of the younger uh, concert goers who are also apparently like friends 
like skinheads who are friends of the, you know, the owner and of the club. Even for some of them, it seems like they're kind of like, what, what just, what's happening here? Like, this is going so fast. But as you said, you know, once, once, once uh, Pat sees the dead body in the green room, it's all over. Like, then everything gets put into motion and all the wheels start turning. And then that's where all of the action starts, you know, and that's, that's, that's just, but he, the director does it in a, in a, such a way that you feel like, you feel like how it would happen if it happened in real life. Right. Where it's like just a moment and you're like, whoops, no, 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 no. And, and like, you kind of like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm leaving. Like you said, like the, the guy's like, oh no, no, I didn't see anything by. And then they're like, oh no, 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 no. And, and Patrick Stewart, when he talks to him, um, what's his name? His name's Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. Darcy. Yeah. They own Patrick Stewart's character in the movie is named Darcy. He owns the club and he's the leader of all the skinheads. He, just says like he keeps saying something like no it's all right it's all right it's okay like at every turn he's like no no no, it's okay to to the band he's he's they communicating through this door through the you know because they don't want to leave the room because they feel that they might get killed and he does and he wants them to turn in to give over the gun you know and he knows he's going he's going to have them killed but he keeps talking to them in this calm manner and just reassuring them that everything's fine it's okay they're in a bad situation but they can they can fix it you know if they just listen to him and do what he says oh it's just i just thought it was i thought it was good i felt like i felt like um at the by the end of it and i agree with you i really like the ending um i felt as if i had just read a short story like seeing like the visual, you know, like it's all like a visual short story, mm-hmm. um, which is, I don't know, to its credit, because it, it does take, it does take like a, a story that, you know, that could, it could, if it's if in the wrong hands with, with, you know, actors that weren't skilled, could be just a corny movie, because the concept could go either way. But because right. the actors are good, and uh, the director was good, it's. I think it's. I think it's worth recommending. Um, it's yeah. super violent, as as you mentioned. Yes. I'll just mention it a third or fourth or fifth time. It's super <laughs> super violent. It's super gory. Um, that kind of stuff just doesn't bother me. Um, I get I get more freaked out by the quiet moments. Um, so, for instance. Um, I don't, I don't want to give anything away since we're keeping it sort of like spoiler free, but mm-hmm. this is a little bit of a spoiler. So if you want to, you know, click pause, uh, you know, hold on, or you know, skip forward a few seconds. Um, there's a scene where they see like sort of like a, a, a bunch of dead bodies laying one next to the other. And that, w- and it was, it's a quiet scene. And that was much harder for me to see because i wanted to believe that those characters somehow were still alive or we're gonna right we're gonna be alive yeah um yeah, and that, that and scene that you're weren't. talking about is really disturbing yeah yeah and i i remember just like one like just laying in the in like broad daylight one next to the other next to the other next to the other and i was like oh my god like that really happened and like at and that and that 
and in the same scene you see um you see two of the characters who are still alive and it's they play it so well these two actors are excellent um they just they play like you know like they're completely traumatized terrorized and terrified all at the same time you know and one of them and one of them is just looking at the bodies and it's just like you can just tell that 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 person's thinking like i can't believe what i'm seeing i can't believe what i'm seeing i can't believe this has ended up this way and it's it's horrible that 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 by far bothered me a lot more than the super violence that's going throughout the whole movie yeah um yeah so i think that it was just a wee bit violent but if if you can if you can handle that then definitely worth a watch yeah i mean it I, I will say this you know you brought it up a little bit you brought it up a little bit earlier but darcy patrick stewart's character his calmness throughout the movie is probably one of the most terrifying things in the movie. Yeah, it, it was so much so that I almost, like, I, I kind of had this feeling throughout the second half, the latter part of the movie, that I missed something almost, or that I was, or that we were going to get more information about the background of the group mm -hmm. because he seemed so calm like he had done and he kept making references to other times or other people that they had done this kind of a thing so you know i was just waiting to hear more about what it was that they'd done but you're you're given pieces throughout the movie of the extraneous activities that this group is involved with besides the club you right. know, um, the drugs for, you know, for instance. So, I mean, the pieces are all there for you to pick up, but yeah, the way that he was so calm, his demeanor is, is very scary in the movie. Yeah. It's part, it's part of that quiet, like it, it's part of that quiet feeling, that quiet feeling of terror. Like you don't need people to be menacing coming at you, like menacingly just their presence and the fact that they're quiet like alerts you to the fact that you probably shouldn't be there right and patrick Absolutely stewart right. yeah patrick stewart's uh character good call his his whole way of being is kind of like i'll 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 be polite but you really really shouldn't be here you know and you should probably yeah. get the heck out of here right now and that's something that the kids in ain't right didn't really understand you know, I mean, he granted he wasn't there f from the beginning, but something that he, they didn't really understand from just their surround their immediate surroundings and the people there. Yeah. So, were there things that you didn't like about the movie? Maybe one or two things that you were like, ah, I wish this was a little bit different. Yes, the what I was just describing in terms of like feeling like okay, when is the whole big explanation of, is, when is that coming? I, I felt like I was waiting for an explanation or for some more exposition on, on the neo-Nazi club, you know? Um, and that didn't really happen. Like I kind of kept waiting for the, there to be some scene where they're 
talking and Patrick Stewart like really identifies who he is and what his role is and how he's, you know, how he's been guiding this group to like, you know, be the drug pins of, you know, backwoods Oregon, you know, and he's not going to let these young punks from the East Coast muck it up, you know, something like that. But that, but that doesn't happen. So that, that kind of bothered me. And I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's, it's just a personal taste thing. I don't really, I don't always need things to be spoon fed to me in my movies, but there were just too many sort of like innuendo filled in performances that I felt like, okay, when's it coming? Like, when are we going to find out more about Imogene Poots's character, you know, about who, who she is, what's her name? Um, Amber, Amber. Amber. When are we going to find out more about Amber? Like who her and Emily were to each other. Emily, the, is the female, the other female skinhead who, whose body Anton Yelchin, Pat, um, discovers and what kicks off the whole movie, her death kicks off the whole movie, um, the plot of the whole movie. But, you know, I kind of kept waiting to hear more about her and we don't. And I, I mean, but that's, but those things kind of bothered me, but it also lends the movie at the end to feel like, okay, this was just a, a short story. And I love short stories. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't bother me so much that I would say like, I'm going to give it one thumb down and one thumb up because of that. No, I just, I would have liked to hear a little bit more, you know, a little yeah. bit more background on everybody. But as you said, you know, the pace of the movie was such that you don't really have time for that. At, at, cer- yeah. at a certain point, it just gets right into it and moves right along. So right. Um, what about you? Is there... Is there something that you did not like about the movie? Um, I didn't like how short it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think it was like an hour and 30 something minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like an hour and it, yeah. And I, I think, you know, kind of what you said, I think some more backstory on Darcy uh, would have been, would have been really good and, you know, would have extended a little bit of the runtime for the movie. Um, you know, I, I I just I just feel like his demeanor just called for us to know more about him, and may, maybe the maybe some of the appeal is that hey, you know, this is you don't need to know any more about him. He's just a creepy dude who is just really calm when it comes to hurting other people and and maybe that's fine but I I really wish it would have gone on just a little bit longer because I would have I would like to have seen uh, his character explained a little bit more again with Amber uh, Imogene Poot's character Um, and I felt like I I don't know why I get this sense but I felt like Pat had this whole other thing going on with him as to why i mean he he really stands out as like a really nice guy um so i I really wanted to know a little bit a little bit more about him in terms of you know how he differs from the rest of the band uh so you know so that honestly that's that's really all i can say in terms of a negative because overall i thought it was a great 
a great film. Agreed. I agree with you on those points. Totally. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was um, interesting. I found out that um, Anton Yelchin and Aaliyah Shawkat, who play Pat and Sam respectively, um, are act they're in the banding, right? They're actually playing and singing for real when they have their little moment on stage at the club. That's actually them um, playing and singing. Um, wow. Yeah, he used to, be, he was in a punk band at one point and she was, I don't know if she was ever in a band, but she's played like musicians playing mu uh, musical instruments and other movies before. So um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And um, we haven't mentioned yet that um, Anton Yelchin actually, as most of you would know him from various other movies, including Star Trek, is probably what he was best known for, um, passed away um, just a few months after this movie was released. This movie was released in April of 2016 and he died in June of 2016. Um, he was only 27. And um, the version that I saw, which was streaming on Netflix, um, as the movie dedicated to him, mm -hmm. um, even though it was, you know, released before he passed away, they managed to get those titles into the into the movie afterwards. So I thought that was really sweet that they had it dedicated to him. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's such a shame too because he was he was such a great actor and um, yeah, that's I thought the yeah. same. I thought the same thing. You know, I thought he was really excellent in this movie i had only ever seen him in star trek um which i thought he was really good in but i thought he was excellent in this movie you know um i mean I, we you know we we don't know him personally so we can't say we heard he was a nice guy but um as an actor as you know it's a, a very big loss yeah. so here we are all these years later still still saying what a loss it was um yeah for everybody um so Jeff, are you ready to rate this little this little green room nugget? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I am. I'm ready to ready to rate it for sure. Okay, so um, for all of you who are listening to us for the first time, um, Jeff and I have a rating system. Whereas we give um, we rate a movie. Um, based on headstones, we use headstones. And uh, we have a mini question that we ask also at the end of <laughs> at the end of the rating process. So Jeff, I'll let you give your rating first. Okay, so my rating for Green Room is going to be a four out of five, four out of five headstones. Oh, wow. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I struggled with it. I, I mean, I thought at one point, you know, three and a half, but I really just like the movie. Uh, I, I really like it and really like the performances by all of the actors and actresses. And um, yeah, I, I'm at a, I'm at a four out of five. What about you? Uh, I'm in the same, I'm in the same uh, boat that you're in. I, I'm not, but I'm not, totally decided three and a half or four headstones um i like the movie i think it was good on lots of levels 
cinematography, the direction, the acting, everything I thought was, was good. Um, I guess I'll, I guess I'll give it, I'll give it a four, four headstones out of five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'll go with that also. All right. So my next question is, would you get this movie tattooed on your arm? As much as I liked it, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. Um, I'm going to say no. And the reason why I say no is while it was a great film for me, I guess my bar set way too high <laughs> with Saw. Um, so, like, I... Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's a great movie, but I don't know that I would get a tattoo. Partly because I don't even know what I would get from this movie other than like a guitar or something, right? you know, generic. So <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, no, I would not get a tattoo of this movie. There are lots of little elements of this movie visually. The trees, you know, the Northwest has a lot of beautiful trees and yeah and pretty um, scenery, but it's associated with neo-Nazis. So we can't, yeah. we just can't go there, you know? Being, being people of color, that would be- um, <laughs> That'd be weird. Right? That'd be weird. I will say this though, when you talk about the scenery and the landscape, at the end of the movie, when Gabe kind of walks through the forest and he gets to, where he's trying to go and you see the trees but then you see the mountain the mountains covered with snow in the background oh yeah I thought I thought that was like visually one of the one of the best scenes I, I've seen in quite some time I would probably agree with you but at that point I was so I think my mouth was hanging open my jaw was <laughs> and I was so like what <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> going on, and God help us. Like, yeah. I think the only thing I realized was that that's the only time in the movie that we see any people of color, right. which is probably like a metric that we should probably start going on. Like, we should probably come up. You know what I mean? Like, does it bother us? Maybe we have just like just a couple of minutes to discuss this. Like, does it bother us as people of color? that there are zero people of color in this movie. Does it make sense for the movie? Was there a room, wiggle room for that? Was that an as like an aspect that we should have been exploring? What do you think about that? I definitely think that the movie with the subject matter does not need people of color because what what would have happened if, if people were of color were in the movie is we know that either they would be um, they they'd have someone talking down to them uh, there might be some type of violence that we don't need to see associated with that um, and I really didn't see any other elements of the movie where I felt like a person of color would fit in um, I just thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of ironic at the end of the movie that when Gabe is walking through the woods and he sees those 
people there that that's who he's looking for to rescue him. Given, <laughs> you know, given, given the fact of all the crap that he's done and been associated with, you know, when it, when it comes time for him needing help, that's, you know, he sees people of color and that's, that's who may or may not be his saving grace. What about you? Um, I agree with you mostly. I feel like, yeah, if, um, like what you said, basically, like if we were to have, um, anyone of color in the picture, it just would have been redundant almost like we already know what we, what we would have expected. You're just setting up something obvious, like, you know, to have, you know, a Latin person or an Asian person or a black person in, you know, walk in, walk in with the band into a neo-Nazi club, you know, would have just been like, okay, we, we already know what's coming. And also that probably would have hindered the movies, like the, you know, the movie because people would have been like, well, why on earth would that person ever agree to go to a club yes. that could have skinheads, you know? Um, so I don't want to say it would have like messed with the, like the plausibility of the plot because there's lots of things that people could argue about that anyway, mm -hmm. but it could have been one more thing to detract from it. Um, right. On the other hand, um, like what are we, by using, by using skinheads, right, as the villains and Patrick Stewart's role, you know, as the lead villain, as the lead skinhead, what are we saying though? Like, cause you, cause you can't, you can't use Nazis, you can't use neo-Nazis, um, in any sort of like, you know, literature, film, you know, song, whatever, without your, you know, you're, you're bringing up race, right? Right. So what are you saying? I mean, I agree with you. I liked that the last people that, um, <laughs> the last people in the movie, so to speak, are a group of, you know, immigrant workers that Gabe goes to, to ask for help to call the police, you know, to get, to get rescued by, because I, I, like to imagine you know the this group of hard-working latin people um working up in oregon just trying to like make ends meet and dealing you know what were they they were it looked like they were like dealing with produce like on the side of the road yeah, yeah. and yeah and just like trying to eke out a living and then this like crazy-eyed white boy comes to ask them for help and like meanwhile it's like they're probably just like what the hell excuse my language is going on all these crazy white people done with each other and we're just here like you know just sorting out some produce trying to like make a living and make it happen <laughs> like, yeah. I, mean? I kind of like what that says um yeah like that whole like bunch of crazy white people kind of a trope you know um i don't think the movie was really going for that but being not white, I couldn't help but <laughs> think that myself. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, but then again, the director is a white male. So we're, you know, going by what his vision was. Um, I don't know. That's, I, I kind of think of it as, as, as dual, like it's a missed opportunity, but would it have been, would it have been redundant? I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I see your point. I, I really do. I, I, um, 
Yeah, I, I just I think that, like you said, you know, it it would have possibly given people more ammunition to try and poke holes through the plot. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I feel like the movie, I feel like the movie was so heavy that, and this is just me just kind of spitballing this idea, but what, what would have been really funny is a, a person of color being in the band and then they get this information from this, from this guy, like, Hey, you know, you, you've got this, you can go and do, um, and I think his name was Tad. Mm -hmm. um, like, hey, you know, there's this gig, you know, my cousin is up at this place, and he, you know, but they're neo-Nazis. And then the person of color is like, you know what, you guys can do that crap. I'm not, I'm out. We'll meet back up in DC. Um, and kind of give it a little bit of a, of a little bit, you know, a little bit of comic relief there. Uh, to add a little more realism to it, if you did have um, a person of color in the film, because, you know, that that would be my reaction. Like, there's no way, no way I'm going to step foot anywhere near that type of environment, because I know what that means for me. So you guys can handle that. I'm out. Yeah, that would, I like that idea, actually, because it, it's like you said, it, it kind of lends a funniness to it. And then it, and, and then it, you know, deals with him, like him or her sort of having their, like having like, you know, their, their glasses on about this whole thing and not, and, right. and not just being like, yeah, we can handle it. It's fine. Like the rest of the band does, you know, well, maybe that's a privilege. Then that's like a privileged position you can have, you know, when you're white. Um, when you're young and white in a punk rock band, you don't really have to think about those things. Um, and then it would also lend like some, I don't know, just an interesting like thing in the background to know that, you know, wow, like when everything unfolds as it does, the person that went back home is gonna hear about all of it and probably be super grateful that they didn't stay that they didn't stay and go on to this club um that could be an interesting angle we'll never know sadly because yeah. jeff you were not one of the screenwriters for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> i like that idea i like that idea you know i feel like more horror movies should do that because i think oh, sometimes i think sometimes they it's a missed opportunity for me because you know there I mean I don't think I'm saying I don't think I'm breaking any news here but there's just not there's not enough um opportunities for people of color in movies and a lot of times horror movies um and you know and if there are people of color in the movies they I mean it's it's essentially one of two roles uh most times uh, so, you know, I, I just feel like having, having that role in, in, in a movie, uh, would be, it adds some comic relief, but it would also, you know, add some, a level of, you know, reality there. Like, you know, 
I don't get to operate in the same space that you do. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I feel like more people, I feel like more people need to be aware of that. Um, and if you, if you don't mind, can, can I share a brief personal story about this very thing? Of course. Okay. So, um, I'm, I'm not going to give away a lot of details in terms of names and all of that stuff, but let's just say that I was asked to go to an event and, you know, and I live, I live in the South, uh, in South Carolina and I was asked to go to an event and my question to the person that asked me to go to the event was, did you tell the people running the event that I'm going to come to the event? And they said to me, well, well, yeah, I told them, I said, I, I don't think you really understand the event that I'm going to is not necessarily an event that I would be invited to yeah. if I weren't in the space that I'm in. So did you tell them that I, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. almost six foot four, you know, big black guy, did you tell them that I will be at this event? And when I explained it that way, the person says, well, you know, I didn't even really think of it. Yeah. And, and I said, well, you know, I know it's 2020. However, these are things that you have to think about because everywhere that you're welcome, it's not the same for me. So yeah. I, I feel like sometimes movies and short stories don't tell that side of things. And everyone wants to believe, you know, oh, you know, it's 2020 and everybody, you know, there's no such thing as racism in 2020. And um, yeah, if you believe that, I have oceanfront property for you <laughs> in Nebraska. I mean, I like, I'm, yeah, it's, yeah, don't even get me started with that. But, um, but yeah, I, I just, I want to make sure that that real stories are being told. And to be honest with you, and this is, and I know I'm like going off on the tangent here. I apologize. But yeah, that was, that was one of the brilliant things about Get Out is that it took that subject and it put it out on Front Street. Mm -hmm. And you know, you had no choice if you were watching the movie, you had no choice but to be confronted with that. And I feel like a lot of times movies just miss out on telling real stories like that because, I mean, can you imagine me writing a story about me going to this event and I'm the only person of color there? And the moment that I walked in, everyone had that real slow turn and just looked at the door and there I was. And that is terrifying in real life. Yeah. And I don't think people fully understand that. So um, maybe I should just write that. Maybe I should just write a story and, and include read some of that stuff in <laughs> Absolutely, that's, you could. Uh, you that's what, what I'm absolutely. gonna do. We, we need to, um bring more of our stories and experiences and put them out there you yes. know and I don't I don't I don't know it, it's like it doesn't matter to me at this at this point 
and at this day and age that they should be like oh well was it published in the new yorker or was it published in the paris review or was it you know things it doesn't even matter just publish them like you know put them on instagram put a link like to your right. blog who cares you know what i mean but right. we all just need to like remind each other that we're out there you know because anytime i've read um uh, real experiences of of other women um any you know any color and also specifically of any women of color their experiences when they when they mirror mine is such a validation right. you know and and i wouldn't know that that's that i wouldn't know that there are other you know women going through similar things to me if i if they just they didn't decide to write write it down you know, in any format and just put it out there for people to pick up on. You know, I think that's important. And I agree with you about Jordan Peele, you know, I don't, I don't care how many times it's been said. I don't care how many articles have been written. I don't care how many times he's been interviewed. He, he did something with that movie, you know, and that's the reason why people, you know, kept echoing it in articles and in reviews and in, interviews and stuff because that movie really shook something up that yeah. movie did something for a lot of people it gave visibility to a freaking whole lot of people you know i'm latin i'm not black but that movie like you know um made me feel like you know like something was happening that you know included me instead of feeling excluded you know and and jordan peele Jordan Peele definitely was a huge part of me uh, coming to horror as a genre that I could really appreciate, you know. Um, he's, he's very, I think his, I think his work is very important. And um, I agree. And so I, I agree with you. And just the, I think the fact also that he's like, not like, like he's not our age, but he's not like, that much older you know what i mean like i kind of right. feel like he's like in our age group and mm -hmm. so i feel like he understands things but anyway um I'm, I'm totally with you on that and i you know i guess um for another another maybe at, at another another point you and i can chat about like how um green room how it how it mixes into you know all of all of that a little bit more even even more so than we're getting like you know down on record today but yeah i'm glad this movie was this this movie green room definitely you know brought up quite a few things um i, I I'll, I'll always wonder what the background story is with imogene poots's character amber i'll always wonder yes. what what she was doing at the club that day with emily how how close were they and you know just all of that i always wonder about that absolutely but, yeah so and um next week if all goes well then we will have um our good friend cinepeg on the cast with us and should we should we announce what movie we'll be chatting about with her yeah, Maybe let's let, do it. Let, yeah. let the let the uh, let our friends give them a chance to watch it. Um, yes, we're gonna have our dear friend Cinepeg Peggy 
um, on the podcast with us talking all things Rosemary's Baby, starring Mia Farrow and directed by that hideous creature, Roman Polanski, um, who, <laughs> and that's something that we'll, you know, get into. The three of us will talk about that yes. too. So, um, but in terms of the, in terms of the genre, it is one of the masterpieces. I think of cinema, period. Never mind just horror. I think it I is a masterpiece. Yeah. So we really hope that you guys will join us next Friday for that episode, which is going to be a lot of fun. I, I cannot wait. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. She's a, she's a cool, she's a cool lady. That's Cinepeg. Very talented. And she knows her stuff. Oh my goodness. She is my, she is other than you. She is my other touchstone in terms of horror <laughs> movies. Uh, Peggy knows her stuff. We cannot get anything past her. Yeah. She's a little encyclopedia. So yeah. So um, thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, we are happy to announce that we are now on Apple podcasts. So now you can just search us up on your iPhones and iPads. Um, look up movies to be murdered by. We will pop up there. If you would do us a favor and subscribe, give us a good rating, write us a review if you're in the mood. That would be awesome. It helps that us. Would be. Yeah, it helps us out tremendously. So thank you all for joining us this week. We hope you're all staying safe and keeping your social distance, please. Wear your masks and wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't pick your nose. <laughs> <laughs> all you kids out there that are probably not listening to this because you're too little <laughs> don't pick your nose um and yeah stay safe stay healthy stay inside absolutely take care everyone take care bye